0: Diwali, the Festival of Lights, is a vibrant and colorful celebration. We invite you to celebrate Diwali with a stroll through the enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens, adorned with lighted trees and displays on our half-mile paved trail with 500,000 sparkling lights at Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights in Vienna, Virginia. Get to Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights, open November 10th through January 7th. Save time and money by purchasing a ticket online at winterwalkoflights.com. Welcome to Harvest Christian Center. I'm Dr. Foreman, and you're getting ready to hear an incredible message from God's Word. If this message speaks to you in a supernatural way like we believe it will, be sure to let us know at our website, harvestcc.me. If you're led to sow into the ministry of Harvest Christian Center, you can do so as well by visiting our website. Get ready to prepare your heart, mind, and spirit to receive this incredible Word that God has for you today. Remember, love God, love people, and love life. Let's go into the message already in progress good morning harvest hallelujah lift your bibles how let's make our confession of faith we of course welcome those watching on all of our campuses today let's say it together this is my bible it is the living word of god it gives me abundant life i'm not just a hearer of the word i'm a doer of the word this word teaches me that i am more than a conqueror my spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message that I'm about to receive. Remain standing, if you would. Go to Matthew chapter 14. Again, we welcome those at every campus that are with us today. Don't forget, you can connect with me on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and all that. You can find out about that in your communication. Somebody say brand new. brand new. We're going somewhere brand new today, a brand new series called An Outpouring, in case you didn't get the message already. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, you have it? It says this, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone. But watch this, verse 24, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Anybody ever experienced contrary wind where... Seemed like every direction you try to go and every move you try to make, you got something pressing against you. Anybody ever experienced? He, he said, for the wind was contrary." Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, check this out, walking on the sea. <laughs> and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled or afraid, saying, it's a ghost. And we're not sure if it's Casper or not. We don't know if he's friendly or what to do there. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Watch verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you. Now, Now look at me, look at me. Peter has never walked on water before. Peter has never seen a human being walk on water before. But yet there is something that's in him that's thirsting to experience something he's never experienced before. He's used to the natural way of getting around on water, which is through the boat. But now Jesus is walking on the water and walks up to him. And Peter has the audacity to say, God, if that's you, then tell me to come out there and walk with you on that water. You're missing what's going on. Uh, Jesus was inviting Peter to experience the supernatural. But before Jesus gave the invitation, there had to be a thirst to experience it. I wish you look at somebody and say, I'm thirsty. Tell them I'm thirsty. <laughs> Lord, if it's you, command me to come to experience the supernatural. Because I've never walked on water. I've never seen anybody walk on water. My mama didn't walk on water. My daddy didn't walk on water. We ain't never seen this before. But I just got enough belief to think if I can thirst after it. <laughs> Verse 29. So Jesus said, and I love Jesus. He's so cool. Well, then come on. Let's go. And that's God's word for us today. He's saying you've been stuck in the boat with what you know can happen and what your natural mind can conceive. But what he's saying is step out of that boat and come on. Look at your neighbor and say, come on. Father, speak in this house. We declare that we are setting the stage for an outpouring of the supernatural. Beyond what our minds can fathom or think or be able to quantify, Father, that is what we intend to experience. We thank you for it. Speak in such a profound way today that we know that we've had an encounter, not with man, but an encounter with the God of man. I decrease that you might increase. Speak through me now in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, top five somebody. Just tell them, have another drink. Have another drink. <laughs> Uh, now watch what you're drinking no but have another drink have another drink we want to take this time to welcome all of those watching in our overflow sections now we welcome you to the worship experience the last four series that we have been in have been preparation for this series we uh at the end of last year began a series called toxic and then we went into a series called prayer then we went into a series about the holy spirit called ghost and then we went into a series called Spiritual Gifts. Uh, uh, we teach in series at Harvest because it is very difficult for most people to hit a different subject matter uh, every different week. One week you're talking about finances, another week you're talking about faith, another week you're talking about love, another week you're talking about this. And the truth of the matter is is that we do much better when we're focused on one particular subject matter for a period of time. Now, uh, these last four series have been preparation. Say preparation an outpouring uh, by definition is a noun it means something that streams out rapidly now this series asks you a very poignant question and I need to make sure that I'm in the right house when I ask these questions because if I'm not then I'll go down the street to a house that wants to hear it the question is aren't you ready for an outpour of God's spirit aren't you ready for an interruption in business as usual in your life Uh An outpour of his love An outpour of his power An outpour of his joy An outpour of miracles An outpour of healing This series says that we're expecting to see the supernatural And just like Jesus invited Peter I'm inviting you to experience the supernatural Over these next few weeks And I want to encourage you Don't be in the house but still miss the outpouring You can be in here but not get a part of what's happening in here The truth is we all desire better lives. Who wants a better life? Who wants a better family? Who wants better finances? If you're married, who wants a better marriage? I didn't say a different one. I said a better one. If you're sick, who want to be healed? If you're broken, don't you want to be fixed? Now, 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 here's the deal. There are all actions that we can take to accomplish those things. You know, actions like self-discipline. Got real quiet right there. Y'all was shouting when I said better finances. Y'all just dropped out right there. Uh, Actions like faithfulness, actions like commitment, actions like acquiring skill and wisdom. Those are all things uh, that we can do uh, to see some of the better that we want to have occur in our life to take place. But in addition to those things that we can do, when you're a Christian, and if you're not one, I'm believing before the end of this worship experience that you will be one. There is another factor that can contribute to improvement in our lives. It is what you cannot do for yourself. It is called supernatural. See, supernatural is different than natural, not only by definition, but it is literally adding super to your natural ability. It is the difference between Clark Clint and Superman. It is the difference between uh, 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 Bruce Wayne and Batman. Are you getting what I'm saying? There is a difference. Somebody say a difference. Now, the bottom line, the bottom line for however you want to get better, and everybody said you wanted to get something better, is that the way you see anything consistently increase or improve is through thirst or desire. If you want better finances, you're going to desire to stop spending money on $1,500 purses when you got $200 in the bank. Got real quiet right there, ladies. See, I came out swinging. If you really want to be a a better spouse, you're going to thirst and desire. You'll do whatever is necessary to improve uh, what it is that you see yourself as. If you really want to be a better business owner, you're going to have a desire, and that desire is going to produce action. When you want to get better at something, guess what you do? You take the steps necessary to do that, but you take those steps because you're thirsting or you're desiring to get better. If you want to lose weight, you thirst and desire to be able to go to the beach and not have to have a nightgown on. (laughs) Somebody said, Bishop, what beach? Well, the reservoir is the closest thing we got. So say thirst, Thirst. say desire. desire. When you thirst or desire to be better at anything, you will take the necessary steps, whatever those steps might be. Now watch this. It is the intention of this series to ignite a thirst inside of you to have another drink. Somebody say another drink. Uh, You say, Bishop, what do you mean another drink? It's a thirst for more of Him. And when I say more of Him, I want to be very clear about what I mean, because that's real good church talk. I just want more of Jesus. But most folk don't know what that means. When we say we want more of Him, what we're saying is we want more of His attributes. We want to love the way He loves. And we want to have compassion the way He has compassion. And we want to be able to walk in the same things that He did. In fact, Jesus said, the things I have done, you're going to do greater. Now, that's a big thing for God who raised the dead to be able to look at us and say, but baby you're going to be able to do greater. And it was not that it was greater because of content. It was greater because of quantity. Bishop, what do you mean? There's nothing greater than raising somebody from the dead, except if you got a church full of folks that are committed to doing the same thing. It's greater. There's nothing greater for a blind man than having hands laid on his eyes and being able to see, except if there's a church full of folks that know they can lay hands on the blind and expect them to see. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus told Peter to come. He said, "Come, Peter, experience an outpouring of sorts." He was saying, "Have another drink." Uh, and, and Peter was thirsty. He said, "God, if it's you, bid me come." God is a God that's always trying to get us to do more, always trying to get us to uh let me say it like this. He is the God of exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. He's a God of more. He's always outdoing himself. Stop talking about the good old days. Baby, those days are no longer today. Start looking for God to do something greater than what he did before, because he's a God that does exceedingly, abundantly. Above. And listen, I know last year might have been great for you, but you better start looking for this year to be even better for you. Why? Because he's a God of more. I know he healed you back in 88, but you better start expecting him to use you to heal somebody else. Why? Because He's a God that does more. He does more. He does more. Somebody shout more. more! So now watch this. This series is inviting you to have another drink. More. You ever sat down and, and been real thirsty, and and you just had a cup of water, and 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 the water wasn't even that great. Truth be told, it's just you were real thirsty. And because you were thirsty, whatever you drank, it filled the spot. <laughs> now, you've been so hungry that you sat down. As a matter of fact, you went to McDonald's and got you a McDouble. Now, normally, you look at McDouble and wouldn't think that much about it. But because you were so hungry, that McDouble tasted like it was filet mignon. Can, do I got any witnesses here. You've been so hungry that you ate something that normally wouldn't bring you any kind of joy, but you eat this and you're like, oh my God, this is the best sandwich. It's the best cheeseburger I've ever had in my whole life. (laughs) That's what this series is designed to do for us create such a hunger and create such a thirst for God, which means His attributes that will be filled. Listen to me, life is filled with things that have the potential to steal that thirst. Unbelief steals that thirst. Sin steals that thirst. Worry will steal that thirst. Doubt will steal that thirst. Being stressed out will steal that thirst. Anxiety will steal that thirst. When you go through things that you perceive to be failure, it will steal that thirst. When you experience betrayal, it'll steal that thirst. When, when you got to go through drama, anybody know something about drama? If you, if you don't know nothing about drama, just keep on living because you got a week coming up with drama schedule. See, you, listen, you and your neighbor have at least one thing in common. You may not have grown up the same place. You may not look the same. You may not dress the same. You may not be from the same city, but you have one, one, one of three things in common. Either you are going into a storm, coming out of a storm, or you in one so look at the name and say we got a lot more in common than you might think life is filled with stuff that's designed to steal our thirst have you ever noticed that when you got a lot going on that you don't want to pray Oh, y'all don't want to be honest in church today? I I know your neighbor is super spiritual and every time something bad happens they get on their knees like Job and they just pray in the Holy Ghost. But for the rest of us, sometimes when you're going through so much stuff it's just like, God, I I don't even know what to say. I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to begin because life is filled with things that have the potential to steal that thirst. But watch this. An outpouring happens when you can say to God, God, even if the specific outcome that I want to have happen doesn't happen, I'm still thirsty for you. No, 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 you missed what I just said. An outpouring occurs when you can say, God, if you do that, I still are gonna praise you. And God, if you don't do that, I'm still gonna, if I get the job, I'm gonna praise you. If I don't get the job, I'm gonna praise you. If, because an outpouring is not predicated upon circumstance. In fact, it is designed to go against your circumstances. It is the supernatural. Say, have another drink. (laughs) An outpouring. So somebody's invisible. Define an outpouring. What what are you saying? Are you saying, I mean, what does that mean? And let me make it real practical for you because church talk sounds real good. An outpouring. What does that mean? Let me define it. An outpouring is when the climate of your life creates a demand on the supernatural on your behalf. Say again, an outpouring is when the climate of your life creates a demand on the supernatural on your behalf. Now, let me be clear. God is not a genie in a bottle, and if you rub him the right way, he ain't going to come out. Did you hear what I just said? Uh, That's why in this series, we're not talking about being thirsty for a specific outcome, meaning, God, I'm, I'm thirsty for you to heal me. God, I'm thirsty for my finances. God, I'm thirsty for my children. No, no, no. We're not saying for a specific outcome. We're saying, God, we're thirsty for you, which means your attributes. Uh, Did you hear what I just said? Uh See, when you're only thirsty for a specific outcome, you'll lose that thirst at some point. And that's why people fall away from God. And that's why people fall away from church. Because sometimes the thirst isn't for him. It's only for what he can do. And who wants to be wanted only for what they can do? You don't want to be in a relationship with somebody for the only, th- the only reason they reason in a relationship with you is what you can do for them. So why in the world would we think that that would somehow please God that the only reason we serve Him is because of Lord, if you do this for me. Lord, if you get me out of this, I promise I'm going to do this. Lord, if you do that. No, we got to get to a point where we say, Lord, if you don't do none of that. Lord, if none of what I'm expecting to happen happens. if If my child doesn't start acting right. If my husband doesn't start acting right. If my... Even if it doesn't, I'm still thirsty. Somebody say, have another drink. God is not genie in the bottle. But if we follow the principles of the Bible, we'll reap the prescribed benefits laid out in the Bible. Did you hear what I just said? Um, The Bible is a book of if-then, 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 if-then. If Uh, if you do this, then this will happen. Deuteronomy 28. If you uh, diligently hearken unto my word, uh, then I will pour out these blessings upon you. If you don't, then I'm not. If-then, 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 if-then. So if we follow the principles of the Bible... Then we can reap the prescribed benefits laid out in the Bible. That's why the psalmist said in Psalm 103:2 Bless the Lord, O my soul, my mind, my thought, my will, and my emotion, and forgive not his benefits. Yeah. Uh, sometimes an invitation to an outpouring or an invitation to have another drink comes as a result of circumstances that will cause you to thirst for him. Can, can we be honest? Most people wouldn't even be in church today unless it was for some circumstances. Now, I don't mean that literally today, literally this day. I'm talking about in general. Can, can I tell you that, that most, most most can we just be honest, uh, sometimes until you mature to a certain place and you walk with God, you wouldn't even pray unless it was because of some circumstances. Bishop, what do you mean by that? There's a story. There's a story in the scriptures. Can I tell you the story in Judges and Judges chapter 10? Matter of fact, just flip there real quickly. Judges chapter 10, because because sometimes you have to understand that an invitation to have another drink comes as a result of circumstances that will cause you to thirst for him. The truth is, it's not your good days that make you spiritual. It's your days straight from hell that make you spiritual. It's not when things are easy that you become spiritual. No, it's when things are tough and rough that you become spiritual. It's it's not when everything is going great that you become spiritual. It is when you find yourself in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death and now all of a sudden you find God. That's why some of you are wondering, why am I going through this? It's because God says, you need to find me. And for some of you, God says, you need to have another drink of me because you're Judges Judges, chapter 10, watch this, here it is, Judges chapter 10, verse 12. Also the Sidonians and the Amalekites and the Maonites oppressed you, and you cried out to me. This is God talking, and I delivered you from their hand, yet you have forsaken me. So look what God is saying. God is saying, now I brought you through that. I brought you through that. I healed you from that. I got you over what they did to you. I got you past how they stole from I did. I brought you through all of that. But look at what he says. But you still forsook me and served other gods. Some of you say, Bishop, no, I've never served any other god. Let me, let me just throw this question out to you. Whatever you turn to first is who your god really is. Whatever you turn to first in trouble is who your god really is. So if the first person you call is a family member when you're going through something, you've now revealed who your god really is. Because god means source okay watch this he he says he says yet you have forsaken me and served other gods your job your spouse (laughs) got real quiet right there your money look what he says therefore now check this out this is going to get real rough through here therefore i will deliver you no more can you imagine getting this message from god i'm through Love don't live here no more. I'm I'm gone. I will deliver you. Could you imagine getting this kind of, the God that his mercy endures forever and the God who is love embodied. This God says, I'm not bringing you out no more. He didn't say I stopped loving you. He just said, I'm not pulling you out of this no more. Could you imagine? I mean, seriously now, I know you're looking real deep and spiritual now, but could you just imagine getting that kind of message from God? I'm, I'm not doing it. But if you don't do it, they can't do it, well, I guess it ain't going to get done because I ain't doing it. Nope. No, sir. Mm-mm. Ain't going to be able to do that. Ain't nobody got time for that. We, we, we ain't going to be able to do that. It almost looked like God was turning against them. Look at verse 14. Then it gets worse. I tell you what, God says, go cry out to them. The ones you chose over me, The man you left church for, for me? The woman you left church for, for me? The the job you... He said, go to them. Mm -hmm. Go cry out to them you've chosen. In other words, he says... it it looks like he's going to leave you in the mess that you made. You you ever felt like that? Like God's just going, can we be honest? You ever felt like God's just going to leave you in the mess? You ever felt like, God, I messed up so much and so much and so that I'm just going to be stuck in this mess forever? That's what it looked like in the middle of the story, but I'm so glad that there's always an ending that's greater than the beginning. He says, let them deliver you in your time of distress. (laughs) He he, he said, he, he said, Talk to them about it because I I ain't got time. Verse 15. And the children of Israel said to the Lord, We have sinned. Do to us whatever seems best to you. Only deliver us this day, we pray. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Before they were thirsty after these other sources. But now that they find themselves in a circumstance, oh, come on here, now they're initiating a thirst for God. You you, you missed it. It's right there. He he says, only deliver us this day we pray. So their circumstances initiated a thirst. Look at verse 16. So they put away their foreign gods and their other sources from among them, and they served the Lord, and his soul could no longer endure the misery of Israel. You're missing it. You're missing it. God says, listen, there's a circumstance that you're in and this isn't for everybody, but it's for somebody. And it looks like God's going to leave you in that circumstance. It looks like it's never going to get better. It looks like it's never going to turn for your favor. It looks like you're never going to be able to get over it. It looks like it's never going to be able to happen. But God says, but if you first after me, God, I wish I had a church in here. If you'll thirst after me, I won't even be able to look at you looking that low. I won't even be able to tolerate you living that low. Any witnesses in this place that even when you didn't deserve for Jesus to pick you up, that he picked you up, and y'all remember the song, and he turned you around and he placed your feet. He said, I won't even stand to look at you like that anymore when you thirst after me. He said, I I won't even... I, I, won't even, I won't even stand and look at it. When the, when the scripture says, stay with me, when the scripture says you have chosen other gods, it is the Hebrew word bakar, which means to try. Check this out. God says, you tried everything else but me. You, you can try it this way, that way, this way, that way, 12 steps, 10 steps, 14 steps, 112 steps. You can try it, everything but me. In other words, God was saying, but I tell you what, I'm going to extend an invitation to you. Come on and have another drink and that's what god said i don't care what you're in the middle of today god is saying to you it may look real bad right now it may look like it's never gonna turn for it but come on and have another drink. i tell you to high five somebody say come on have another drink, have another drink. you've tried everything else but me but why don't you taste and see psalm 34a taste and see that the lord he is good blesses the man who trusts in the lord somebody shout i want another drink we're thirsty after you your attributes we're 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 thirsty after you now the climate for an outpouring is set by one word somebody say one word, one word. sacrifice it means to give up or to offer now, now I figured it'd get a little quiet right through here. Because when we talk about sacrifice, nobody wants to talk about sacrifice. We just want to sit back and live any old kind of way, do whatever we want to do, and just, but Lord, fix it. And I'm here to tell you that he's good, and his mercy endures, and he'll fix some stuff. But at a certain place in your life, God says, okay, it's time for you to mature. At a certain place in your life, you got to graduate from the place to where it is, Lord, do this for me, to where it is, Lord, I'm doing this for you. At some place, you got to graduate in your walk with God, and that's why He sent you to this place for Sister Time is this, because at some point, you got to graduate in your walk to where it's not an issue of, Lord, I trust you, but it becomes an issue of, Lord, you can trust me. Not because I'm perfect, not because I do everything right, but I'm committed to sacrifice. Sacrifice is not loss, it's investment. And it's not sacrifice if it's comfortable. Because sacrifice is relative to your comfort. People say, you know, can I give you a practical example? Somebody says, I'm I'm sacrificing. What did you do? I, I gave $20. Now, listen, listen. Uh, But that didn't create any discomfort. I'm using money because everybody can visualize that, okay? Uh, But now, to the single mother who had $28.38, and she gave $20, that's sacrifice. You, 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 you miss what I'm saying? Sacrifice is relative, predicated upon what causes you discomfort. And in Christianity today, we've we've, we've somehow lost this thought of this understanding that there is sacrifice that's required. This Bible is full of people that the reason they're in this book is because they sacrificed. They were willing to do what nobody else was willing to do. So they were able to live the way nobody else was able to live. They were able to endure what nobody else was willing to endure. So they were able to have their story told to thousands upon thousands, billions of people years later because they could sacrifice. I know some of you are thinking, well, that's great, Bishop, but what you have to ask me to sacrifice? <laughs> Let me say this before I tell you. We don't sacrifice or do the things I'm getting ready to cover and teach you in order to earn God's love. Do you hear that? Uh, sometimes people get things mixed up because they think when you do anything for God, they sometimes will mix it up and think, oh, well, you're, 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 you know, you're trying to do it by works. You're trying to earn something. No, 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 no. You should read the book. You should read this thing because it'll blow your mind. We're not, God's love is not the discussion. Hear me. If you don't ever do anything for Him, if you even decide you don't even want to serve Him, He's still always going to love you. Matter of fact, the Bible says that in any house there are vessels of honor, there are vessels of dishonor. Uh, what was the point? God was saying, Listen, I paid a price for you. Whether you want to accept the fact that I did or not, the issue is never his love. But we're doing these things that I'm going to teach you because biblical pattern shows us that these things create a climate for an outpouring. Climate is everything. There are certain things that happen in Florida that cannot happen in Denver because of the climate. There are certain things that happen in Denver that cannot happen in Florida because of the climate. Climate is everything. Your life is the way it is because of the climate you produce. Is the climate of your life one of growth and edification, or is the climate of your life one of cynicism and hatred? Are you mad at everybody, or are you looking for the best in everybody? Are you looking for how God's going to move, or are you looking for what has not happened yet? Climate is everything. Four things. You ready real quickly? The first, sacrifice and fasting and prayer. Ooh, got real quiet right there. Dude. Bishop, how much fasting are you talking about? We just came up out of 21-day fast. So. <laughs> well, what, what's this? During this series, I'm going to challenge everybody. Even if you've never fasted before, I want to challenge you. Every Wednesday during this series, to fast until sundown. That's it. Bishop, what do you mean by fast? Fasting, somebody said, well, I didn't watch no TV. I was fasting. That is not a fast. Anyone that teaches you that is, needs to read better. Fast means literally to abstain from food or to alter your diet. So if you say, well, I'm fasting from TV. You're not fasting from TV. That's called a consecration. You're setting yourself apart from TV. You cannot fast from TV because TV is not literal food. Now, it's food, but it's not literal food. You follow? Okay. So when I say fasting, I don't mean, business. I turn my radio off all day. No. I'm saying push the plate back every Wednesday during this series. It's only going to be for a few weeks. During this series, every Wednesday until sundown. I'm challenging you to do that. Now, I know what some of y'all are thinking. Bishop, a Daniel fast until sundown? No. I'm talking about a water-only fast. Now, consult your physician and doctor if you've got health concerns concerning the way you need to do that. I don't want you coming to church talking about bishop. You got to revive me because I didn't fell dead because I was there. <laughs> we'll wait to have that miracle happen. Okay, we'll wait on that one. Got it? Okay. Now I want to challenge you to do that. I want to challenge you to do that. Bishop, why? Because the scripture sets a precedence that when the people fasted and prayed. That it created a climate for an outpouring. That is why 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. If then, if you do this, I'm going to do this. Amen. It creates a climate for an outpouring. Every Wednesday, sun up to sundown, when it's time to eat, you push the plate back, you pray. Drink lots of water. And when you had enough water, have some more water. And then you can get real creative with your water. Put some lemon in there and some lime. Warm the water up a little bit. You understand what I'm saying? Have some gourmet water. You understand what I'm saying? If you gotta have you some Perrier, then get you some Perrier and just get you some bubbles in your water so you feel like you're eating something. I challenge you to do that. Say sacrifice. Second thing, sacrificial giving sacrificial giving what he has planned is bigger than what's in your hand what he has planned is bigger than what's in your hand and we're going to look at this over the next few weeks because there was a great financial outpouring that came as a result of the people's giving sacrificially I'll talk more about that over the next few weeks y'all still with me the third thing a sacrifice of praise and worship now he said, what do you mean sacrifice of praise and worship praise and worship out of your comfort zone Say sacrifice. Sacrifice. Now, I'm not saying you got to run around the church and jump up 17 times. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is get out of your comfort zone. Here's what we here's America's Jesus. See, what I've discovered is that Americans don't want the Jesus of the Bible. They want the Jesus that they that we've made him to be. Mm -hmm. See, because because in the Bible we we discover uh, that praise and worship. Uh, was not something that was predicated upon how we felt but the scripture said put on the garment of praise for the spirit of it which means God even when I don't even feel like lifting if the man asked me to lift them one more time i don't even i'm a but I lift them, why? because it's a sacrifice I'm putting on the garment of praise God. even when I'm shouting I don't feel like shouting because my life doesn't look like it's something that should be shouted about I still shout even when I don't feel like dancing I dance even when I don't feel like and it's not about well that's not my personality to heaven with your personality for Sunday ain't nobody studying your personality He wasn't stunning his personality when they hung him on that cross. He wasn't stunning his personality when they ripped that beard out of his face. He wasn't stunning his personality when they put that crown of thorn on his, how dare I say, that's not my personality. You must think this is about you. You you, you must think that you're praising you. you. No, 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 no. It's about your personality. Not my per- that ain't my personality. I'm just in the cut, you know, I just. Now, listen, that might be a sacrifice for you if you normally don't do nothing. What I'm saying is I'm challenging you over this series to get out of your comfort zone. If you sit when, after they say, everybody, please stand. And you just sit and look at them like you at the concert. I challenge you to get up. If you know I'm going to get up but you don't clap, I challenge you to clap. I'm challenging you to get out of your comfort zone and give the sacrifice of praise and worship. The fourth thing, fourth thing, fourth thing, repentance. I knew it was going to be quiet. I'm going to shout you in a minute. Repentance. Repentance is the Hebrew word, teshuva, which means to change directions. Repentance, you've maybe heard that. Let me define it for you. Repentance is not saying, God, I'm sorry. Repentance is saying, God, watch this. I apologize. Watch this. And I need your grace to change directions. No, you, you, you missed it. It is not, see, see, stop letting people make, oh, Lord, I'm just a dirty old sinner. I'm just not so unworthy. Oh, I'm just so messed up. I'm just so jacked. You know why that continues to happen? Because that's what you Confess. We were sinners, but now we are saved by grace. We, we are now the righteous. I'm not no dirty old sinner. No, I am not. I might sin, but I'm not a sinner because I've been redeemed. He has given me his righteousness as a free gift. No, you better take that low self-esteem talking non-biblical stuff somewhere else. That don't work around here. We read the book. We were dysfunctional. But well, when Jesus steps in, he begins the process of making us functional. Yeah. Repentance says, God, this action doesn't please you. I know that. But God, I know that I can't in my own strength stop doing that. So I need you to give me your grace to stop doing that. Lord, I don't want to cuss him. I know that's not your problem. I'm talking to your neighbor. You're real spiritual. I don't want to cuss them, even if it is under my breath or in my mind. But, Lord, I've been cussing. Not you. I'm talking to your neighbor. You're spiritual. I know. You, love the Lord, you've never thought of any kind of profanity ever. I get it. But that neighbor of yours does all the time. Lord I want to get even I know you told me to pray I, I, I get that but I've been getting even all my life so I don't, I don't know how to not get even Repentance says, God, I know that doesn't please you, and I know in my own strength I can't do it. But if you'll give me your grace, what's grace? If you'll give me your favor, if you'll give me your ability, your supernatural, if you'll give me your strength, I can do it. Grace and mercy are what's rewriting your life today. If it had not been for his grace, and if it had not been for his mercy. Mercy is when God stops something from happening to you that you deserve. Grace is when God allows something to happen to you you do not deserve. Say repentance. Repentance means I take responsibility for my actions. It's no longer mama's fault, dad's fault, cousin Betsy's fault, Junebug Nim's fault. If you don't have a Junebug, Nim, you got a Cody or something like that, fault. It's no longer their fault. No, 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 no. Repentance says, I take responsibility for my actions, and I commit to changing them with your grace. Four things. Sacrifice and fasting and prayer. What's the second thing? Sacrificial giving. Third thing. Get out of your what? Comfort zone. If you ain't going to shout her, start shouting. Amen. And you say, so for some of you, maybe it's your first time hiring. You say, well, I don't think it takes all that. Well, I got a bunch of series that teaches you what the Bible says because it does take all that. Just, just so we know. Okay. And then the fourth thing is what? Repentance. Uh, but, but Part of repentance means I was headed this way, but I'm forsaking that way to change directions to do it your way. But part of repentance says, I'm forsaking my old patterns, my old traditions, my old ha- I'm forsaking all of that because I'm pursuing your way. See, repentance doesn't even necessarily have to mean that you were going a wrong direction. It just means you were going a God, uh, an anti-God direction. But What do you mean? There's a difference between good and God. There's lots of good things that you can do, but if they're not God, that doesn't mean that you should do them. Here it is, here it is. Now let me shout you. When we want another drink, anybody else say, Lord, I want another drink. When we're thirsty for him, here's what happens, here's what happens. An outpouring. Go to Isaiah 44.3. Isaiah 44.3. I'm almost done. Y'all all all right? An outpouring. (laughs) An outpouring. Isaiah 44.3. You got it? Now this is God talking, and I want you to see who he's speaking to. For I will pour out water on him who is thirsty. (laughs) I'm going to pour out on the one that says, I want another drink. I celebrate what you did for me last week. Thank you, Jesus. But I'm thirsty for something this week. I'm glad that I'm not where I used to be, but I want to be further than I am today. So I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. God says, I'll pour out water on him who is thirsty. And check this out. And floods on the dry ground. Now, now wait a minute. We, we have an interesting, uh, an interesting issue here because he says, I'm going to pour water on him who is thirsty. That's the individual. But I'm going uh, to put floods on the dry ground. That's the individual's life. He said, I'm not just going to pour out my water. What's, Bishop, what is water? It's his grace. It's his love. It's his mercy. It's his redemption. It's his forgiveness. He says, I'm not just going to pour out my spirit on the person, but I'm going to send a flood to that person's life. You miss what I just said. When we first after him, we get all of the benefits that come with him. We get his goodness and his mercy and his blessing and his favor and his prosperity and his wholeness. And watch this. And I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing and empowerment to prosper, to do well, to be made whole on your children. You're not hearing what I'm saying. He says, I'm not just going to deal with you, but then I'm going to throw a flood on your life, which means stuff that wasn't working for you last year is going to work for you this year doors that were slammed in your face last year are going to be open for you this year but he said I'm not just going to do it for you but I'm a God of generations I'm going to do it for your children and your children's children and your there's children that haven't even been born yet that I'm going to pour out a blessing why because one year in 2013 you decided to have another drink Said this thing here is going to affect kids that haven't even been born yet. Because one person in your bloodline, you say, me, shout your name. Because you decided to have another drink. Do you not understand? that you were born for such a time as this. It is no accident that you were born. It is no accident that the attempted abortion did not work. It is no accident that the attempted uh, abandonment did not work. You know why? Because God said, I need you here, and I need you here now. And the reason I need you here now is because there's some descendants and some offspring that I need you to be the curse breaker for. I need you to be the boundary breaker. I need you to be the line crosser. When we're thirsty, when we want another drink, he says, I'm going to put some water on you. I'm going to throw a flood on your life. And then I'm going to make sure that your unborn children, 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 children. I'm going to make sure that your offspring is taken care of. You say, Bishop, I don't believe that. I don't believe that one man could affect all those generations. And you should read your Bible because Abraham was one man. And because of Abraham's sacrifice and because of Abraham's decision to thirst. Abraham's father was a pagan, but he made a decision to thirst after the one true God. He didn't grow up in an ideal situation, but he made a decision to thirst. And that's some of you in here. Your parents don't love the Lord. You're the only one in your family doing anything about the Lord. But that's because God says there's a thirst that's on the inside of you that's going to change generations after you. You are an interruption to the chaos of your bloodline. The second thing. Can I give you the second thing? I was going to stop here, but can I give you the second thing? Oh, y'all don't want it. That's okay. Cool. Everybody stand up then. So, so the first thing that happens when we have another drink is an outpouring. But, but, but can I give you two more things? Second, se- 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 second thing that happens. I'm going to give you three. I'm, I'm going to give you an extra value meal. A, a, a sandwich, some fries, and a drink. I'll give you milkshake too. Because his milkshake brings everybody to the world. John 4.13. John 4.13. John, 4, John fourteen. I got to hear it. I got to hear it. John 4.13. <laughs> Watch this? John 4.13. Shout and outpour. No, I didn't say say it loud, Harvest Aurora. I said shout it. Sh- I'll let that slide. Here it is. John 4.13. Here it is. Jesus answered and said to her, Whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again. Now he's speaking to uh, the woman at the well. You know this story because Jesus has an interaction with her. And Jesus, this woman's sitting there and, and she's trying to, you know, talk spiritual talk to Jesus because she doesn't know that Jesus is God. And so she's trying to talk spiritual talk to him. He says, oh, well, the day's coming. Well, we're going to go worship on the mountain. And Jesus is like, listen, let me tell you something. Whoever drinks of the water you're serving, they're going to thirst again. Wh- wh- whoever Thirst and goes after relationships, or, or position, or, 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 or alcohol, or whatever it is, or they get addicted to people's opinion, or, or whatever it is. He said, "Whoever thirsts after that, they're going to be thirsty again." But the water that I give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up to everlasting life. Now, 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 now. Now, now, uh, look at verse 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him shall never thirst. But the water that I give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. You, you, you missed it. One thirst creates perpetual thirst that creates a perpetual flow. Now, now, now I don't have time to deal with that, but here's what I want you to see. This was a woman who had had a lot of, uh, shall we say, questionable relationship decisions. And and, and Jesus had to kind of read her mail to her. He was like, don't sit up here trying to act all sanctimonious with me. Mm -hmm. Him over there? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And y'all tell them folks, y'all may come on now. He read her mail about some of her questionable relationship decisions. And then he begins to have this discussion with her about water. So it's interesting, how does Jesus go from speaking to this woman about her questionable decisions to talking to her about water? Check it out. When we thirst for him and say, God, I want another drink, we'll stop chasing meaningless relationships. The significant will replace the insignificant. He said to this woman, he said, listen, you're thirsty. You're thirsty. Because you uh, you you you've never you you have never tasted me, he said. He said, and so you keep trying to find me in flesh. Yeah. You, you, you keep trying to find fulfillment in a relationship. You you, you keep trying to find fulfillment and this and and that and and that. And he's saying the problem is is nobody can ever take the place that's created in you that only I can fit. Your job can't fix it. Your new automobile. He says nothing's going to be able to fit that place. So he's saying to the woman, listen, listen, when you thirst for me, he says, I'll tell you what. You'll stop chasing the insignificant because you will now possess the significant. But here's the third thing. And this is probably going to make me shout. So if I run out to church, y'all come sing something. Gonna run, then I got two runners. Here we go. Third thing, we'll be under his influence. Now that sounds real deep and spiritual, but, but I'm going to show you something. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Real quick. Ephesians chapter 5. Anybody thirsty? Anybody want another drink? Anybody glad that he allows us to have another drink? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Now, I'm going to read the New Living on the screens. It's going to show you the new King James. I want you to listen to it. Verse 15 through 18, it says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. A fool is one who lives as if there is no God, which means you could be a Christian and still be a fool because you live as if there is no God. But like those who are wise... What is wisdom? Wisdom is the appropriate application of knowledge. What is wisdom? Wisdom is a shortcut. You, you missed it. He, he said, Live like those that know the shortcut. And not a shortcut because they're doing something immoral, but a shortcut because they've tapped into something divine. Not a shortcut because they're doing something that's wrong, but a shortcut because they've tapped into the supernatural. No, you you you're missing what I'm saying. Uh, v- verse 17, don't act thoughtlessly. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. I skip verse 16. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil or contrary days. Verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine because that's going to ruin your life. He said instead, be filled with the Spirit. Check, check, you missed it. I'm going to read it again. And we'll see if you catch it. When you get it, just stand up. When it makes sense to you, just stand up. Verse 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools but live like those that know the supernatural shortcut. What took other folk 10 years, (laughs) it ain't going to take you that long. What took other people five years to do, it's not going to take you that long. What took other people a lifetime to accomplish, it's not going to take you that long. But look what he says. Make the most of every opportunity in these contrary days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And implied is, do it. Don't be drunk with wine. (laughs) Don't get another drink of that. Oh, y'all going to get it in a minute. Because that's going to ruin your life. Instead, have another drink of the Spirit. And when you have another drink of him, he says, I'm going to accelerate things for you that would have taken other people more time because I'm going to give you wisdom. And wisdom is going to give you a shortcut. There's stuff that's going to take other people in your company days and weeks and months to figure out, but it won't take you that long because I'm going to give you divine wisdom. And I'm not just going to give you divine wisdom, but verse 16, I'm going to help you to make the most out of every opportunity. Even when it looks like it's set up to knock you out, you're going to find a way to make it work for you. Here's the God that can take the good, the bad, and the ugly and work it for your good. He says, he says I'm going to make you make the most of every opportunity. Even, even the setups. I'm going to help you make the most out of those opportunities. And then at the end, he says, and here's how that's going to happen. He says, don't have another drink of that. He says, have another drink of me. And when you have another drink of me, I'm going to ensure that there's a distinct difference about your life. He says, when people look at you, they're going to see the difference. They're going to have seen you last month and said, how in the world did they make it through all of that? Last month, I saw them with a walker. I saw them with an infirmity. I saw them with a hang-up. I saw them with the issue. I saw them with the problem. But after they went to that church... And after they got that word, all of a sudden they threw that walker over there and they were no longer bound. They were no longer limping. And it's not just a natural healing, but it's a supernatural, emotional. Everybody stand on your feet. We are thirsty for you. We want another drink. Not for what you can do for us, but for you, for your attributes. Because we're thirsty for your attributes, we know that there's some benefits that come with you, but that's the insignificant part of the story. The significant part of the story is we get you. So today, as a church, those here at Aurora and those online, today, we set ourselves in position for an outpour. <laughs> Follow over these next few weeks, we're going to fast every Wednesday. Over these next few weeks, we're going to give sacrificially. Over these next few weeks, we're going to get out of our comfort zone in our worship. Whatever that might mean for us. Maybe that's just smiling. Whatever it is, out of our comfort zone. But we're going to be determined to change directions. (laughs) We are determined to create a climate for an outpouring. You've been angry long enough. Hear me, somebody. You've had that issue for way too long. You've not been able to move forward for way too long. Some of you have got sickness in your body. It's been there too long. Some of you got family members that have sickness. It's been there too long. Over these next few weeks, the atmosphere of our church will be one that creates an outpouring. Show up, God, because this is your house. But show up in the lives and in the homes of everybody here. When they leave this church today, Father, I pray that they would not leave from your presence because I pray that by the time they get to their house, the outpour will have already started. That spouse that wouldn't come, when they get home, all of a sudden there's going to be a change in their tone. That Those children that wouldn't come, all of a sudden when they get home, there's going to be a change in their tone. We, we release now an outpour because we're thirsty. We're thirsty. We're thirsty, Jesus. We're thirsty, Jesus. Bow your heads with me, everybody. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you today, Father, that today there are those but the first decision they need to make is a decision to follow you. With the heads bowed and eyes closed all over this place, you're saying, Bishop Foreman, this sounds really great. Outpouring and these and, and, and great. This sounds great and all this stuff. And I'm gonna, things going to be accelerated. All that. That sounds really great. But I don't even know Jesus. Today is your day to know him. You're saying, but Bishop, I got a lot of issues. God couldn't do what you just preached about. He couldn't do that for me. I'm here to tell you he can do it just for you. Bishop, I've made some big mistakes. I've done some big crazy things. You don't, you don't understand. I don't have to understand. He did. And because of what he did 2,000 years ago, the price is paid. And if you're in this worship experience today with your head bowed and eyes closed, or if you're online, and you do not know Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago, he came in the form of a man called Jesus Christ. And He died in your place. Not only did he pay for your sin, but he paid so you could have an abundant life. He didn't save you from hell so you could live in hell. He saved you from hell so you could bring heaven on earth. That's what he saves you for, give you life and life more abundantly. And today, if you need to come to Christ for the very first time, you might have questions. You might have some unanswered things. That's fine. Just come to him just as you are. It's not about being perfect. It's not about being all right. It's not about having everything together. Just come just as you are. Come with your issues because he's got a solution. And if, I, if that's you, in just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come to Christ. Secondly, very quickly, if you're in this place and you're online and you've given your life to Jesus before, but you've not been faithful in serving him and you've fallen away from him and you want to come back to the Lord, there is forgiveness for you. What I love about the story of the prodigal son is that he was still call a son even when he ran away. And even when we choose to run away from God, God still calls you what he's always called you. He still loves you like he's always loved you. He has not changed his mind about you. Your circumstances may have thrown up some issues, but hear me. He has not changed his mind about you. And if either one of those of you, you're in here you're in the overflow, you're online. If you need to become a Christian for the first time or rededicate yourself with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, please honor that because people next to you are getting ready to make decisions that are going to affect their eternity. If either one of those is you, on the count of three, I want you to throw your hand up and don't you be ashamed because we're going to celebrate you. We're not going to put you up, put you down or beat you down or look at you differently. No, we're going to celebrate you because we were standing where you were standing at one time. You need to become a Christian or rededicate yourself on the count of three. Throw it up. One, two, three. Throw it up if that's you. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, Harvest. Celebrate them. Celebrate them. Hallelujah. Now I want every hand lifted in this place and say this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. I believe the Bible, which teaches me that I can create a climate to see supernatural things happen in my life. If this is my first time praying this, that's my first supernatural sign I am born again if I was far from you I am reconnected to you I thank you that over these next few weeks I'm going to see the supernatural manifest in my life miracles unexplainable things we are thirsty in this church for you we are hungry in this church for you send it out pouring send it out pouring shout it like you mean it send it out pouring in jesus name would you just give god glory all over this place no i said would you give god glory all over this place no i said would you give give him glory all over this place praise him like it's already done I don't wait until the battle is over, baby. I can shout now. I'm not waiting until I see the miracle. I'm shouting about it now. I'm not waiting until the door opens. I'm shouting about it now. Hallelujah. Do me a favor very quickly. Hug two or three people around you as you take your seats and just tell them, and I'll pour it, and i and i it. It's coming, man. It's coming. We're going to see what's happening in your campus this week. Experiences are what people love the most about travel.